Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on our show today. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson, underscore. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're grateful for that. Be sure to follow, subscribe, turn on your post notifications to be alerted when a new episode of Locked on Blue Devils posts daily. If you're listening to us on that podcast platform, leave us a five-star rating and review. It means the world when you do that. On today's show, I am so thrilled because my good pal Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer is here with me to talk about the offseason for Duke men's basketball, football season right around the corner, and a variety of other topics. So let's bring them in now. Steve, the time is always uh, appreciated. I hope you've been having a very fun summer. I have, JJ. I was able to get a little bit of downtime in June, uh, so that was fun. Uh, it, it sort of got interrupted with the news of Southern Cal and UCLA making their move. <laughs> kind of broke uh, right before the 4th of July weekend. But anyway, that's the business we're in. And uh, but yeah, it's a good time. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, let, let's start there, Steve, because obviously you've been covering college athletics for a number of years now, and it's always changing, but uh, now more than ever, right? The past couple of years, we've seen the name, image, and likeness laws be introduced. We're always seeing a, a crazed transfer portal, and now conference realignment is such a big hot-button topic of conversation. Uh, what, what do you think of all this kind of chaos that's happening in college athletics? Yeah, you know, we're really, you know, approaching kind of a tipping point here when, when some major things are going to happen. And I think, you know, when the Texas and Oklahoma announcement happened a year ago, we thought, okay, this is the next beginning of, of, of the next big wave that we saw like 10 years ago, right, when all that happened. And uh, it took a little bit. I, I think we thought this USC and UCLA move might happen. It might not have taken a year for it to come out, but it did. And so it seems like the next step, might be a little bit quicker than than the gap we just saw. I think, um, you know, the because you know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC formed that alliance, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that proved to be not worth the paper it was even written on <laughs> because the Big Ten went in and raided Pac-12. So um, that alliance sort of calmed things down a little bit over the last year. But now that's all blown up. Now we had it's just a, you know it's gone to the dustbin of history, as they say. So I think uh, you know we're we're in a very nervous time for a lot of leagues, not named the SEC and the Big Ten, because the SEC and the Big Ten are the two north stars of college sports, and they're kind of dictating where everybody else is going to go, and everybody else is just scrambling, scrambling, trying to keep up. Everybody, when you talk about this, money's the big topic of conversation, and it's going to drive the sport always, and football is that number one driver. You can look at the numbers and uh, television viewers that are there, and, and it certainly carries a whole lot of weight. And, and network TV deals are, are such a big thing as well. We see the ACC network now with ESPN kind of under the same umbrella that they had the SEC network start about five years ahead of the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mean, should the ACC feel comfortable right now with the position that they're in, or, or is there kind of a, a cause for concern? Yeah, well, they shouldn't feel comfortable because they're not keeping up uh, on, a, on an annual revenue basis 
from the two leagues that we talked about, the SEC and the Big Ten. And it is it is interesting that ESPN is behind the SEC network and they make a lot of money off that. And they're also in business with the ACC. So they don't want to see the ACC go away because they have a viable channel that's that's doing pretty well, frankly. It's it's way ahead of the Pac-12 networks ever yeah. dreamed about being, you know, as far as the carriage agreements they have and all that. But um, but we'll see. Uh, so um, it, 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 it's uh, they shouldn't feel good because they're they're fighting to be third, the ACC I'm talking about, right? And so you're looking at like you know Clemson and Florida State, Miami, North Carolina. There are there are schools that are attractive to other conferences. And yeah, the grant of rights the ACC has, and now we get into all that, but that's what's kind of holding it together through you know like 2036 probably. Uh, so that 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 does give the ACC some sort of strength, some solidarity when it comes to that. But it doesn't stop other schools from like looking around and saying, "Hey, we, you know, we're stuck in this contract, right?" It's keeping it together, but it's also preventing the ACC from keeping up with the other conferences. It's a classic catch twenty two. <laughs> so. Right. Um, that, that causes some uncertainty. You talk to any commissioner of any athletic conference, and, and they're not going to let you know a favorite school, right? They're, they're going to tell you that everybody's great, everybody means the most. But it is true that within every conference, you've got the top schools that drive everything. In the SEC, you're so grateful for the likes of Alabama and what they're able to do. The Georgia Bulldogs of late, Texas A&M, and that state backing them is off to wonderful things. Let's bring it back home here. It is locked on Blue Devils after all. If you're looking at Duke Athletics as a whole, where do they kind of fit in in the grand scheme of things of the Atlantic Coast Conference as it currently sits? Yeah, I mean, you know, Duke is a national brand, right? So, I mean, that's that's something it's it's an academic strength um, right. when it comes to that. It's a pride, pride factor. But, you know, TV is, football is what's driving all the TV money. It's 80% of the TV contracts. And Duke is not traditionally a strong football program. Nobody can argue that point. Yeah. Uh, and and they had their the good run under Cutcliffe where they got to the championship game and bowl games and all that. But they've kind of you know regressed down to where they were before Cutcliffe arrived. And uh, so when you're another conference looking at um, should we bring Duke in, if they come in without Carolina, Duke's not really worth as much, right? And I know that's probably hard for a lot of Duke people to think about. But the fact is that you know you, the basketball rivalry is is a very valuable television product, and and well, I admit football is what drives everything. When it comes to basketball, there's no product that's worth more than Duke UNC basketball uh, in in that department. So, whatever conference might go after Duke if the ACC does you know fall apart, which I'm not saying it's going to, but there, there's a likelihood of that, right? There's a chance uh, when you talk about attractiveness. That's that's the most attractive thing is is that rivalry in basketball. So you're going to want to have Carolina come along with you, I think. And and that's again a tough place for a school like Duke, which has a lot to be proud of, no question about it. But just in this in this realm, they need to be kind of you know tethered to Carolina to be a really powerful thing. I certainly love talking about this stuff and kind of thinking about the ideas, but it's almost to a point where I'm ready to walk away knowing that the <laughs> ACC should feel comfortable and hopefully a week shy of all these conference media days, we can get commissioners speaking to massive audiences on public record and, and kind of hush hush uh, some of these discussions moving forward. Steve Wise has been here with us on the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. Let's talk about that football team. Football drives everything. 
we got to talk about Mike Elko's bunch ahead of year one, and we'll do that here in just a moment. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our partners at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you want to endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX model while you wait behind the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer when you could be doing this on your computer yourself and you get the opportunity to choose the brands you want as opposed to the only brand the warehouse happens to carry. You could save time and money when you use Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low and for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Here on Lockdown Blue Devils, alongside Steve Wiseman, I'm JJ Jackson. Steve, your work with the Raleigh News and Observer is absolutely remarkable. I'd encourage folks to follow you on Twitter at Steve Wiseman NC. Tell me about some of the projects you've got in the cooker right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've just been talking about all the realignment stuff. That's been the number one topic that we've been writing about at the NNO since since the USC and UCLA thing broke. Really, is looking at you know where does the ACC stand? What's the grant of rights mean? What could Notre Dame do next? Uh, what you know? What would make Duke or UNC or NC State attractive to other conferences if it came to that? Uh, so that's been the main thing we've been writing about lately. And and obviously you mentioned media days coming next week, the ACC media days for football in Charlotte. Uh, that's going to be a big topic there too. When when Jim Phillips gets in front of us for his state of the conference address. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot of questions to be answered. And I think it, it, you're right when you said it'll be really refreshing to hear him talk on the record about some of this stuff and uh, just just kind of um, maybe ease some people's fears or or just say, hey, here, here's where we stand. Here's what we're trying to do to strengthen the conference. How about that? Instead of like worrying about who's going to pick it apart. So that'll be a big thing. And, and then myself, one thing I'm working on, obviously, is a lot of the offseason basketball news. Uh, trying to get the schedule together uh, for John Shire's first year, uh, analyzing the roster as we know it is now, and then with football, getting ready for Mike Elko's first year. And kind of, uh, I'm working on some stuff about you know who is Mike Elko. Yeah. We, we we know a little bit about him from when he came in last last December, but there's there's a deeper dive to be done into his background and and who is this guy who's who's been charged with leading Duke football and getting it back up to be a competitive program in the ACC again. Well, it's quite the task, and I know I can't wait to read the words that you put there uh, online for the Raleigh News and Observer. And, and talking about Mike Elko, uh, we obviously have seen him introduced at Duke University. We saw him throughout the entire uh, spring ball for this Duke football program and, and the spring game that came into be. But when you think about SC, or excuse me, ACC Media Days next week there in Charlotte, Mike Elko gets to be there amongst his peers representing Duke, and now he's speaking to the larger audiences about what he wants Duke football to be. What do you think Elko will say in those settings? Yeah, he's going to talk about, you know, the work they did in, in spring ball, uh, trying to, to analyze what he has and 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 look at the, the, the areas of, of, of strength that he can build on. Obviously, with the record, they haven't a lot of strengths, right? But, but there are some things you can look at and say, okay, like we got four offensive linemen coming back. That's a good place to start. 
um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Shaka Hayward at, at linebacker, Dwayne Carter at defensive line. You've got some some help there. Uh, you can build on that. But really, he's trying to to teach these guys, you know, how to have success again. They've been beaten down so much the last two years, and um, that can really that can really weigh on on kids. And uh, he's coming in with with different looks. He's coming from you know, a top program at Texas A&M. He was at Notre Dame before that. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got some ideas and some different things to, to, to bring in here. He's got a, a quarterback battle. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback, Riley Leonard or Jordan Moore. They're both sophomores. So it's going to be an inexperienced guy, which, which you don't want, but when you're, when you're rebuilding and that's what they're doing, you know, you've got to start, take some lumps this year with these guys, get them ready to go. And then maybe, you know, you, the year or two down the road, you can see some real success. That's kind of where they are. I mean, they're starting from the bottom. They got to build up from there. One of the biggest changes that we've already seen, and and again, what David Cutcliffe was able to do for 14 seasons that long, a sustained amount of success, so to speak, for a Duke football program, is so admirable and does deserve props and recognition for what he was able to do for that program. But even still, change is a great thing uh, for any any program to experience it. So Coach Elko comes in, and what I've noticed right away is it just seems to be uh, more energized, more like let, let's do this, let, let's bleed blue is uh, kind of their message that they're sending out there to recruits. And on the recruiting trail, Elko and his staff have been very active. How impressed have you been so far with what they've been able to do uh, already to high school players, which is going to ultimately help benefit your pro- your program in a couple of years, be able to sell this message that we're speaking of for Duke football. Yeah, I mean, here we're sitting here for the, the class of 23. They already have 25 guys committed. Jeez. And, you know, it's just barely after the 4th of July. So, you know, you're talking about a program that's at the bottom of the ACC, right? Right. Uh, but he's able to come in and convince these guys to buy into what he's selling. As far as we've got a new staff, we've got new things we're doing. You know, we're gonna we're gonna give you a good education. We're gonna with gonna try to win some football games too, and uh, yeah, I mean they're all three stars, right? There's no four or five stars yet. That's the kind of, that's where Duke recruits anyway, so that's not unusual. But the fact that he's got them all in, and, and uh, uh, I mean right now I think their class is 25th or 26th in the country. Now that's gonna drop as other schools bring in more players, but still that's a pretty good place to be. I mean they're they're likely to be in the top 50 by the time it's all said and done. And that's a place Duke hasn't been regularly, you know, in a few years here. So it's a good start. That's what you want. You, you're bringing in new people. You're off to a good start. And then, uh, you know, they've got some uh, a couple of transfers coming in for this year's team that it can help out along the offensive line and maybe in the defensive backfield. So uh, he, he's got a message about Duke football that that is resonating on the recruiting trail. And uh, that's a great sign because obviously – if they're sitting here with 10, 10 recruits right now for 2023, we'd have a problem. <laughs> but he's no, able yeah. to get out there and get some people to commit. Off and running. It's it's pretty awesome to see the success he's already had on the recruiting trail. We mentioned ACC Media Days again coming up next week. Mike Elko will be in attendance, and then also a couple of players will be there. Steve, do we know what players are going to be heading there for Duke to kind of represent the program, or have they yet to make that announcement? Yeah, they haven't made the announcement yet, but I think you can count on Dwayne Carter being one of them. Yeah, you know, having the been there like, last year, yeah. Yes, and a captain, and and he's very, he's a very uh, a strong representative of not just the Duke football program, but you know college football as a whole. He's a bright kid, and he's a very good player. He's got an NFL future, so that's the kind of person you want to have out there front and center, and I'm sure Dwayne's going to be part of it. 
Tell me about Shaka Hayward, Steve, because he, he's a player that's getting all-conference recognition. He's the top tackler coming back on this defense. You look for uh, just leaders and name recognition for a program. There's a question mark at quarterback, right? Mateo Durant did everything for your offense last season. He's gone off to play professional football. Uh, Jake Bobo was your leading wide receiver. He used his. Uh, he graduated and went on to UCLA to continue his career. So you kind of look at those big names. Dwayne Carter is one of them, but I think Shaka Hayward is equally there in the conversation and getting a lot of love at that linebacker spot. Tell me about him. Yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a great you know a, a, a sideline to sideline linebacker. You can get a lot of things done there. You can blitz him up the middle or you know get, go after the quarterback and some specialty packages. He's somebody that Mike Elko with a defensive background, right, former defensive coordinator, and and, and uh, Rob Smith, the, the defensive coordinator who, who came from Rutgers, are going to want to uh, feature in a lot of what they're doing. I mean, that's – we talked about areas of strength that they may have, as few as they may be, given the record. Shock is one of them. And uh, he's somebody that can that can help you out, can make some havoc plays they need to have, you know, force fumbles, interceptions, sacks, that kind of thing. So um, he's somebody that, again, he has an NFL future as well just like Dwayne Carter does. And so he's going to be a big part of any success Duke has this year. Is there anything in particular that you want to hear from Mike Elko next week, Steve, and any opportunity you get a chance to chat? Because I know a lot of it is, is going to be football talk and, and what does your team look like? How can you be effective on third down? Whatever that conversation sort of mm-hmm. looks like. Is there anything – you mentioned you've got a good story coming up about you know who is Mike Elko the man, but like what is most intriguing to you? about this guy. Yeah. You know, I, I guess what I want to hear next week is some um, drilling down on some things about the offense. I mean, we yeah. in spring ball, again, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be and they don't know honestly right, right now uh, who it's going to be. It's truly a camp battle. And uh, so I want to hear more about that. I want to hear, cause they came out of spring ball. Now they've had kind of the off season to look at, talk to these kids more, look at, look at film even more. Uh, after coming in, you know, in December, like, boom, you're here. Okay, we got to get things going. Now they've had some time to sit back and look at it and see what they want out of that position. Do they want Riley Leonard, who's the classic drop back, strong arm quarterback, or Jordan Moore, who's got the running ability to make big plays all the time? And he's a pretty good passer too, right? He's not as good a passer as Riley Leonard, but that's that whole battle. Like, what do you What do you do? How do you How do you measure that? So. I want to hear some more about Mike, uh, Mike Elko talking about that part of it. And then, you know, what his what his approach will be on defense with Dwayne Carter and Shaka Hayward and some of the um, the problems they've had in the secondary the last couple of years has been really poor play back there. And so, um, you know, you've got some young guys that are going to play there. You've got a couple transfers coming in that can maybe help out. How can they get back to competitiveness as fast as possible? Not, not go to a bowl game this year. I don't think that's what anybody thinks, right? But – Get back to where you're not losing games forty to ten. You've you've got a you got a big step there to do. And and how does he think that's coming along so far? Well, certainly read all your work and hear all about it next week at ACC Media Days. We've got one more timeout here in Lockdown Blue Devils. And when we come back, I do want to talk about John Shire. He's going into his first year taking over a program. We'll discuss a little bit about that after this final timeout here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Alongside my good pal, Steve Wiseman, I'm JJ Jackson. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is so amazing. It is my favorite protein bar. It's the best way to start your morning, quite frankly. 
These bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high protein, and they're also delicious. They've got a brand new flavor that you need to know about. It's the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. The flavor's been there before, but now it's in the Puffs variety. You've got your traditional Built Bar, but then the Puffs variety reminder is that delicious, chewy marshmallow flavor. And yes, still covered in 100% chocolate. It's so outstanding. Again, all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order by using promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 at Built.com. It's our final segment here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Once again, alongside Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun. And Steve, we talk about John Shire. He's getting set for his first year as the Duke men's basketball coach. We last spoke towards the end of May when the NBA draft was still a ways off, when players were still going through the draft process. We now know exactly what that roster looks like going into year one for Coach Shire. I'm curious from you. How do you assess this roster he's put together? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's again, it's, it's a roster that's built to win at the highest levels of college basketball. And, and it's obviously built around freshman talent, uh, you know, with Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski and, and Derek Whitehead, uh, to name just the three top 10 recruits that are coming in. Uh, but they've got some uh, experience with Jeremy Roach who's been through big games last year, helping Duke get to the Final Four. Jacob Grandison comes over from Illinois as a transfer. I think that was a big a big pickup to have an experienced uh, uh, shooter on the perimeter, which they really they really needed. So, um, you know, I, I like this I like this group. I like, uh, 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 you know, getting uh, uh, Young from, uh, from Northwestern, you know, Ryan Young, the, the backup center, to play behind uh, and maybe, you know, push uh, Filipowski and Lively and give them – Another look there in the post. They're a tall team. Think about it. You got, uh, you know, two uh, Lively's at seven one. Kyle Filipowski six eleven. Young is at six eleven or so, two forty. So, uh, you you got some strength in the middle there. And uh, yeah, I just think it's it's uh, they've done a good job putting this together. And this is John Shire's team, right? This is he recruited these guys. Coach K didn't recruit him. John Shire did. So now it's his time to get them on the court and see what they can do. It feels like there's so much versatility because you just mentioned three guys that are huge. You know, at last year's team, Mark Williams was really your only large individual out there on the basketball floor. Theo John was great in the role that he had for the Duke Blue Devils this past season. But you mentioned all three of those bigs, and then, yeah, you still have your stable of guards in the backcourt that Duke can go to. I'm really impressed by the versatility that this lineup has. Yes, the balance for sure. Yeah. And a lot of That's a lot word, of times yeah. in the past, yeah, yeah, we've had. Really, it's been since uh, you know when when Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter were playing together, sure. that you had two bigs like that that could play on the court at the same time. And so, you know, Filipowski and and Lively are, are are friends, and they they knew they were coming in to play together and play off each other. They could start at the same time, and then and then Young could come in and back up one of the other. Uh, it's not a, it's not a situation where you know, they're going to be fighting for the same minutes, those two guys. They're, they're going to play in conjunction with each other. And so, yeah, that's that's something, you know, you really – you don't see a lot in college basketball anymore. It used to be, you know, you had more of the, the wing-type players, the all-court-type players like Paula Bancaro. 
and now you've got uh, you know you got two guys that can play inside together. So uh, and, and with strength in the backcourt too, it's not like it's a weakness and they're just an inside team. They've got guys on the on the perimeter that can shoot. Jeremy Roach showed that last year. Uh, he's going to be experienced handling the ball. Uh, you know, Whitehead looks like a um, a really a wild card type player that uh, can do a lot of things on the perimeter, uh, shooting, ball handling, playing defense, and uh, and getting the ball uh, to those guys inside. So yeah, it looks like another strong year for the Blue Devils. And you mentioned Grandison coming in the late edition there, and and as a lead of a shooter as he was these past two seasons at Illinois, a really good percentage is something that you love to see and uh, are certainly hopeful that that can translate for the Duke basketball team. But uh, then one of the other later additions that you briefly mentioned for, for Tyrese Proctor to reclassify coming in a year early, all the way from Australia, hasn't yet quite made it to campus uh, to join the Duke team. But, uh, man, that certainly is an added bonus when one of your prized recruits for the class of 2023 can just so happen to join you a year earlier uh, with sort of the NBA Global Academy experience that he has and, and all of the um, just versatility, again, that he's going to be able to bring your club. Yeah, he's definitely going to be in the in the rotation for sure. And he'll, you know, he'll push for a starting job. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure he's going to beat out Jeremy Roach, but that's what you want. You want to have that competition internally to push everybody to make them better. And so, yeah, that was a huge pickup for them after Trevor Keels decided to stay in the NBA draft. They needed to have another ball handler. Uh, uh, another talented ball handler out there. And so uh, a big get for them uh, just, just lengthens the bench a little bit more. And that's something, again, you know, we're used to seeing the way Coach K handled the bench, right, and got down to, you know, his his core eight or, or seven or eight players. Will John Shire do that, or will he play nine guys or, or, or maybe even maybe even ten? With Proctor, that's a possibility now that you didn't have before. So, uh, yeah, another another little wrinkle we're going to look at with with the new new staff. Can't wait to see how it all comes together once it's out there on the floor. It's one thing to always talk about five star recruits coming in and what they can project to be, but you really can walk away with a better understanding after you see them with the Duke across their chest wearing that jersey and playing an ACC competition. Steve, it's always an absolute pleasure uh, to have you here alongside me. You got a lot going on over there at the uh, News and Observer. You got a big podcast that you're working on there, ACC Now with the guys there, and uh, your work on Twitter once again, at Steve Wiseman NC. So give me one more final plug for all the work that you've got. Yeah, yeah. Please follow us at, at, at newsobserver.com. And, uh, yeah, we do have the, the weekly podcast, the ACC Now podcast, twice a year during the during the, the athletic year. Uh, but now in the offseason, we're, we're just once a year or once a week. And, uh, you know, last month I had I was able to have Grant Hill on there talk awesome. about his new book. That was a fun thing. Josh Hairston joined me, the former Duke player who's now an agent, uh, representing Wendell Moore uh, in the NBA. So that was a fun look to, to reconnect with Josh. So, uh, yeah, and then my other uh, colleagues, Luke DeCock and, and Andrew Carter, C.L. Brown covers Carolina, Jonas Pope does NC State. We all kind of collaborate on that on that podcast, and so uh, it's another outlet for our work, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk about it. It's been a fun thing for us. Yeah, I've certainly enjoyed listening to it, especially when you got the Duke guys on there to hear their stories and what they're up to these days. So uh, I would encourage everyone else to check it out as well. Steve, thank you once again for all the time you spend here on the program. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you here with me. Thanks, JJ. Glad to be with you always. That's Steve Wiseman. He's joining us here on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. And that wraps up our show for today. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen every single day. 
Be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.